This is Psalms to God, Season 6, Episode 1. What happens next? You can find the show notes for this episode at www.psalmstogod.com. When you enter into battle in your land against an adversary who is attacking you, sound short blasts on the trumpet, and you will be remembered before the Lord your God and be saved from your enemies. Numbers chapter 10, verse 9, CSB. Hey guys, welcome back to the Psalms to God podcast. This is your host, Ree, and today I want to take the podcast in a totally different direction. If you've been following the podcast from the beginning or even just for a season or two, then you're probably used to a format in which I start the season at the beginning of the Western calendar, so sometime in January, maybe February, and then I let the season run until sometime in late fall, usually in like October, maybe November, and then I take a break and come back with a new season the next year. But this year, I've decided that I'm gonna start the new season now. So the end of September, we're starting a new season. There are a lot of reasons for this. I generally try to keep my seasons contained towards themes. So the first season I did, the theme was the fruit of the spirit, even though we talked about other topics. Mainly, I was trying to focus on the fruit of the spirit. The next season I did, I tried to stick with like the history of Israel. Again, other topics are thrown in there. And then the third season, um, I think I did, you know, things that were like commonalities across different cultures and religions and then the fourth season i was doing like literary devices in the bible um that is the season that we really just won't talk about because it didn't go so well and then this past season in the fifth season i was talking about communication and crucial conversations so there's usually this overall theme and that's how i try to organize the seasons well I don't really have a lot left to say about communication. I mean, I could talk about communication for days, but I think a lot of the things that were coming to my mind were redundant of things that we were already discussed. And so I was like, I don't really have anything else to say about that. But I started getting things in my head that I wanted to talk about that the Holy Spirit was saying we should talk about. And they all fit into a whole new theme. So... I started thinking, okay, maybe I should just go ahead and move to to season six and start talking about these things. Now, there was a part of me that was like, okay, well, we'll just plan. We'll just use the rest of September, October, November, December to plan because usually I would have been ending the season in, you know, the end of of October anyway. So we're basically around that same time. I would just take a break and not jump in. But I haven't pushed out a lot of content for season five uh, due to a lot of the things that are going on in my personal life. And also there was just something that was saying, no, start now. Now, this became really, really interesting when you realize what the topic is and when the idea to start the podcast into a new season started coming over me. So what we're going to talk about in season six is 
prophecy. Now, don't tune out on me just yet. Don't. I know it's it's heavy. It's scary. We're going to talk about that in this episode. But before you, you know, before we get there, I think it's really interesting that God was putting on my heart to talk about prophecy. And the time that I was really starting to feel this and like, yes, let's start season six was around the Feast of Trumpets. Now, if you're not familiar with the feast days of the Old Testament, I have um, about three episodes. I will link them in the show notes uh, for you to go back and look at. I discussed all the feast days and what they mean, what they represent, and their importance and their significance um, in those episodes. So we're not going to go too far into that. But just a refresher, the Feast of Trumpets was one of the fall festivals or the fall feasts that God proclaimed in the Old Testament. And as you can imagine, it's trumpets, you're blowing trumpets, but this was a feast to call them to attention. It happens right before um, the Day of Atonement, which is the day in which the high priest could go into the most holy place or the Holy of Holies and atone for the sins of Israel. So that was a very important day in the Hebrew calendar. And this day is the Feast of Trumpets was basically in preparation of that. This was the call to get right, to get your souls right, to get your thoughts right, get your hearts right before that day of atonement. And of course, this pushed points forward to the end time prophecy. You hear, uh, you know, the most high or you hear the Messiah talking about, you know, the time of the end. The most high is the only one who knows when that day is. But there would be signs that would show you the day was near. And you see this in Revelation. You have the the trumpets, right? There are seven trumpets that get sounded. There are also seals and vials and bowls or whatever. But you have these things that are happening in the world around you that are saying like, hey, things are happening, right? And it's described as a woman in childbirth, right? It starts out, it's, you know, just kind of pains, right? And then the closer it gets to the delivery of the baby, those pains or those contractions come closer and closer at, you know, heavy, like closer frequencies and more intensely. And so, you know, I think it's it's very fitting that the Feast of Trumpets was happening as I was having this, you know, revelation from God that was saying, okay, now is the time I want you to talk about prophecy. I've wanted to talk about prophecy on the podcast for a long time, and it never really felt like the right time. There were things that I thought I wanted to talk about before that, foundations that I wanted to set, and then also just like I didn't really feel like I was ready to talk about it. So... That being said, we're going to talk about prophecy. Um, now, this episode, which I guess is episode one or episode zero of season six, I want to cover a couple of things because I know prophecy is a scary topic. I used to be so terrified of the end of the world when I was a kid. I distinctly remember around the time that Aladdin came out and you know everybody was obsessed with genies and things like that and somebody asked me if I found a genie what would my three wishes be and the first thing out of my mouth was that I would wish the end of the world never happened bless my poor little heart um I just I did not understand 
anything about it. I had been taught that it was, you know, the end, that there would be fire and that there would be death and devastation. And that's really all I ever heard of it. No one stopped and said, you know, the, the end of the world is the victory of God, the victory of God's people. Evil is going to be stamped out. This is when we get our new bodies and we get to go, we get, you know, we get heaven on earth. We get the kingdom, the final kingdom. We get new Jerusalem. There's no more pollution in the water. You don't have to go to work anymore to pay for housing and to pay for food. Like life is going to be so much better after the end. The end is actually a rejoicing for God's people, but it's going to be hard going up to it. And it's not going to be fun for those who have come against God. But we don't really talk about it like that. And I think that's one of the reasons why people are so afraid to talk about it. Another thing is that we don't really understand it. Like I said, as a child, the only thing I ever heard people preach was fire and brimstone. And to be honest, I didn't actually hear a sermon about the end times or about prophecy until I was out of college. Um, and that was when I started listening to more like Adventist, Seventh-day Adventist sermons, people like uh, Doug Batchelor from Amazing Facts um, or like Ivor Myers. You start to hear a little bit more about prophecy. And it's interesting. I mean, before I started listening to those sermons in particular, um, I had started to study it for myself. The real catalyst for me to start studying prophecy was the Left Behind series. I don't know if someone bought it for me or if I was walking through the library and saw it and decided I wanted to read it, but I have actually read the entire Left Behind series. I think it's like 11 books and they're like four or 500 pages each. They're really thick books. Um, and I read the original series as a child. Like for those who are unfamiliar, there's a, like a Left Behind series for kids that's supposed to be for, you know, like, uh, I think it's for like middle school age or something like that. And then there's like the Left Behind series that is, I think, I think it was written for like adults. But I read the original Left Behind series, not the ones for kids. And I ripped through the entire series. Now there's a lot of things that I disagree with in the series. And quite frankly, there are a lot of typos and grammatical errors in the books. I That's one thing I really remember about them, which is ironic because you guys, my grammar is not that good. And if you have been a follower of my blog since I started it, you've probably seen the typos and the grammatical errors in my own writing, I've gone I've gone back and occasionally I'll be reading a post that I wrote, you know, five, six years ago. And I'd be like, oh my goodness, I can't believe this has been on the internet with all of these mistakes in it for this long. I feel so embarrassed. But I'm saying that to say that I'm not ragging on the authors of the Left Behind series, but I'm also saying that the fact that I see these errors means that there are a lot of, they're, they're glaring errors because most grammatical things I wouldn't even catch because I'm not a grammar expert. Um, so be aware if you are thinking about reading them or you, you know, you're thinking about giving those books to your kids or something like that, just be aware that there are theological questions about what they wrote and also it may not be the best 
grammatically, but if you just immerse yourself in the story, I enjoyed reading the books for what they were and that at the time I knew absolutely nothing about prophecy. Uh, and they inspired me to find out because I couldn't figure out like, they talked about, of course, the Left Behind series popularized the rapture theory. I don't know how many of you are, are my age, how many of you are younger, how many of you are older, but I never heard anybody talk about a rapture um, or quote unquote being left behind until the Left Behind series came out. That was not popular um, theology. And in fact, we're going to talk about in one of the first episodes or near the future, we're probably going to talk about the different schools of thought that govern end time interpretation. But they follow the interpretation that believes in a pre-tribulation rapture, um, which is where the title comes from, Left Behind. You know, the people disappear and those who are left behind are the ones who have to earn or who have to repent now or they're going to lose out or whatever. Um, and it's interesting because, you know, I'm reading the book and I'm like, where did they get that from? Where in the Bible did it say people were just going to like disappear and then the, the, the sinners were going to be left behind and then some of those sinners were going to become believers and that's where, you know, that's that's who the four, uh, the 144,000 are according to the Left Behind series. And, you know, I, then they have like the seven years because it's like a seven year tribulation. And then they have um, these different events that happen and they have the, the person who ends up being the Antichrist and they go through all this detail about where he comes from. And, you know, he has a name and all this. And I'm like, where do they get this from? Like, how did they come up with this framework? You know, like we know it's fiction, but like it's loosely supposed to be based on prophecy. Like where are they coming up with it? And that's what inspired me to start reading the book of Revelation and to start trying to understand prophecy for myself. And of course that led me into Daniel and the rest was history. I honestly think that my faith has grown from studying prophecy. When you start to see, particularly the book of Daniel, my favorite book used to be Revelation, but the more I read Daniel, the more Daniel becomes my favorite book of the Bible. When you read the book of Daniel and you realize what Daniel prophesied and what happened, and even as you go forward and you start to read Revelation, particularly if you start reading prophecy and you look at it from a historicist view again we'll get into that as we go but if you get if you look at that and you see how history lines up and how things were predicted you will be in awe it is the closest thing we have to you know manna falling from heaven or something that you're like oh wow like there, there's something here and for me, that really spurred my faith and made me want to be a better believer, a better follower, also to get right. <laughs> um, and so I think that part of my motivation for sharing that information with you guys and to talking about that on this podcast is to help you guys also grow in your faith and understand what those things are and also just to provide more balance in that discussion than I currently see on social media. That being said, 
Um, it is a scary topic. And a lot of times people are not necessarily in the same place as the person who is talking about the topic. So for instance, I've been studying prophecy probably since I was like 12 or 13. So it doesn't really, I don't have that same lens. Like when I was 13 and I first picked up the book of Revelation versus now. The, the, the fear that was there when I was 13 is not there. But for some of you that are listening, you may have never read the book of Revelation and it may still be very, very scary for you. And I think it's important that when we have these discussions that, you know, one, I take that into consideration and go slow. Um, but two, that when we express things about prof prophecy, that we go out of our way to kind of state the things that may be obvious to us or to me, but may not be obvious to you. A lot of the conversations that I've seen online about end times and prophecy, particularly post 2020, post COVID, have been very much like fear mongering type of conversations and, you know, how to prepare for the end. And I don't mean spiritually, I mean like literally. People talking about, you know, bunkers and particularly in the Adventist church, they have this whole concept that they're supposed to go in the wilderness and get out of the cities and, and all this other stuff. And you, you have the people who are talking about, you know, like living off grid. And in general, some of these concepts are great concepts. As a farm girl, I really don't wanna live in the city. Whether the end of the world happens tomorrow or whether it happens a thousand years from now, when I'm dead and gone. I'd really prefer to live out in the country anyway. Um, but I don't think that moving to the city is going to save you from whatever chaos occurs between now and the time that Jesus comes back. Um, similarly, you know, the concepts about stockpiling food and all of that, I don't think that is the thing to think about. And what I've noticed is that causes anxiety because Let's say that you're just coming to the faith and you're listening to these people and they're telling you all these things and you realize you have a mortgage, you're in debt, you don't have any land, your job is here in the city. How are you going to go out into the country? Where are you going to go? Who are you going to go with if you're single like myself? Um, you know, how are you don't you've never planted anything before in your life. You're not a farm girl like me. You grew up in the city. You don't even know how to grow plants. Right. And then it becomes like this anxiety of like, how am I going to do this? Oh, no, I'm going to die when all of this stuff starts to happen. Don't think like that. Please don't think like that. And that is not what this season is about at all. I want to start off by saying that there are so many examples in the Bible where God's people had to flee and God took care of them. Uh, one of the examples, I was literally just updating my blog and porting over uh, articles about 1 Kings, in particular 1 Kings chapter 17 through 19. And it's about Elijah or uh, Eliyahu, depending on whether you want to use the English pronunciation or a Hebrew pronunciation. And, you know, his whole situation with Ahab and Jezebel and initially a drought comes over the land and he flees when he flees God takes him to a stream where he can get water and also sends a raven to bring him food so 
Elijah does not, he hasn't been growing corn and, and potatoes and spinach and, and whatever else in his backyard for the last year or so and, and been like canning it and, and uh, you know, putting it in jams or pickling it or whatever for the long haul. He did. He was not sitting around trying to prepare for when this drought would come and then, you know, hoarding this food and taking it with him so that he would have food. God brought him the food. He survives that. And later he has this whole confrontation with the pagan, you know, priests and all of this stuff happens. He goes kind of into like this depression. He ends up fleeing to a mountain where again, he doesn't have any food. But again, God sends an angel to give him food. He like at none of these times does he prepare food to take with him or prepare a place. I mean, he's in the wilderness. He's living in like a cave. It's not like he had gone and built a tiny house off grid in in the wilderness. Like he dealt like he made do with what was there. The same thing happens with Israel. Israel comes out of Egypt and yeah, they bring a couple of things with them. They bring, most of the stuff they bring is riches, but this is where the Feast of Unleavened Bread comes in. They didn't have time to even let the bread rise. This is why you have unleavened bread. But shortly after they get into the wilderness, God has to start giving them manna. And of course, because they end up dallying in the wilderness and end up there for 40 years, God feeds them the whole time. They did not prepare for that. The same thing will happen in the end, okay? When the time comes, when the mark of the beast is issued and we have to make a decision to follow God or to follow man, if you choose to follow God, God is gonna take care of you. Whether you had prepared your whole life and you live off grid out in the boonies of Montana, or whether you live in downtown New York City and don't have anything to to show for to, or to, to take with you, okay? Both people are going to be cared for by God. The most important preparation you can do is the preparation of the heart, the preparation of the mind, being able to discern what is true and what is false. There are so many passages about false prophets popping up. False prophets started before, you know, before the destruction of the temple. I mean, the Pharisees were basically false prophets, if you really want to get technical. So even as the Messiah was, was prophesying, there were false prophets on the scene. So really, the purpose of this season is to talk about the spiritual things. And sometimes we'll probably get academic, as I alluded to earlier as I was talking, there are different schools of thought that influence how people uh, interpret end time prophecy. There is preterism, futurism, um, and historicism. There's also a fourth one that I can't remember right now, but we're gonna talk about those four things and I will tell you where I stand because Obviously, I will probably bias towards that, but we're going to talk about how those things came to be. And that'll also explain why you see different people saying different things. Um, so there will be some discussion that's a little bit more, I guess, academic in terms of how we're interpreting prophecy. And then other things will be about prophecy itself. So just wanted to give those disclosures and disclaimers 
before we actually jump into the season. Um, I'm really excited about it. I do want you guys to read along with me. Um, prophecy is a heavy topic, and I don't think, you know, I mean, however you want to do it, it's fine. I can, you know, I may post the episode. I'll be telling you what verses I'm, I'm covering. Um, and you may read them after you listen to the episode, but I feel like it's probably better if you read them before. Uh, as I always say, discernment, I am not above reproach. You should be reading for yourself. And if you read and pray and understand the scripture before you come in, you will be able to tell if I'm saying something crazy or if, you know, I'm following the scripture as written that's for your own protection. So I highly advise you reading the passages beforehand. And because of that, I'm going to try to be organized and plan in advance so that at the end of an episode, I can tell you what is coming up. So that being said, I want to start in the book of Exodus. I know you guys, that seems very not you know, not obvious, but you'll get it when we start talking about it. So I want to start with the book of Exodus and the first episode, we'll probably talk about Exodus for a little bit, but the first one will probably be like Exodus 1 through 12 or so. Um, that is, you know, the birth of, of Moses, the enslavement of the Israelites, all the way through the 10 plagues that fall on Egypt. So that's probably what I will cover first. I'm not sure if I will talk about the different schools of thought before or after. Um, I kind of think what I want to say about Exodus, it, like those different schools of thought don't really affect how you see Exodus and how Exodus applies to end time prophecy. So I'm probably going to do Exodus and then talk about those schools of thought and then jump into Daniel and Revelation. So that's like the general uh, map of how we're going to go. But like I said, after each episode, I will try to update you on what's coming next so you can be reading in sync with the episodes. I hope you guys are excited as I am, and I will talk to you guys soon. Bye! Bye.